Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Today, I just want to share a little bit of the story. I want to give us an encouragement about endings and beginnings today. And what's, uh, I just want to start by telling a little bit of a story. So um, all my years growing up, uh, we lived in two different locations. In both of those locations, we had giant gardens. And every year we would plant a great big garden with all of the different kinds of things. And each spring, dad would start dreaming up the plan of what we were going to plant, what we were going to uh, start in the greenhouse and grow. And I love walking out. I don't know if this is, is this is weird. Well, no, I know it's weird that I, I would go out when the uh, snow starts to recede. There's a picture here. And in that, in the top left corner there, when that snow just starts to recede and the black dirt starts emerging out, I'd love smelling that stuff. I think there was something so special about the dirt and how it smelled. It just smelled like potential. It smelled like life um, that was just waiting to be birthed out of it. And uh, so that was something I just remember. And uh, we did so much planning to get ready. We would spend tank after tank of diesel fuel with the little bowlins there. That's actually a horse-drawn disker that dad tried to rig up with the old tractor that we bought, and we would run it over the garden. And the garden altogether uh, in this at the farm was 2.7 acres. So we had a decent amount of soil to get ready and a decent amount of food to put in the dirt, and we had spread manure and fertilizer. The straw there is uh, chicken bedding from the winter, which we would also fork out and get it a spread on the garden. And we'd decide what plants we were going to sow. And then we'd eventually go from paper to uh, uh, the dirt. And we'd take stakes, pound in the stakes, trying to mark, you know, pace everything out and, and get, uh, we'd run bale twine across to keep us straight because it's a little little hard to do a 300-foot row just by eyeballing it. And so we'd, get our, we'd, we'd do all this planning. And something that always intrigued me every single year was how fall marked the ending, that, that a garden once full of life was, was snowed on, was frozen over, everything green turned to brown and snow fell. And for a while, it, it, it was all you would see is an ending of something. And then every spring, without fail the snow would recede. And we'd begin that conversation. What, what this year are we going to do different? What, what this year are we going to plant? What, what are we going to do this year? And eventually, we'd put seeds in the dirt and we'd begin to grow a garden once again. And it just is an interesting thing. And I just want to touch Based on the, the top right picture there, we, you never know what you're going to get in a package of seeds. Sometimes it can be just a few seeds. Um, other times so, seeds are so small like dust and cabbage, uh, you, the package that you get has many, many, many plants. And this year, we, uh, that year we planted 300 cabbages. And they all grew. <laughs> and they were all transplanted and they all germinated and they all did well. And we were eating sau- sauerkraut, I think, still this year from that year, which was when I was at home. So years and years and years ago. So yeah, harvest always came around and we always, even amongst the weeds, even though when we maybe failed at some of the normative garden practices, Life was coming forth. And today I stand, we stand in a moment where we're 
ending something, where I'm ending something, um, and where as a congregation, there is some relationship stuff changing. And so I know that you've had many endings and beginnings in your life. And for me right now, I mean, I, I, maybe there's, there's just so much feeling right now of that emphasis of an ending for me. And last night was just so concrete of like, wow, this is ending. And, and I'm sure that you've had endings and beginnings throughout your lifetime and that maybe you've become an empty nester recently. Maybe you've had your first child. Maybe you've just lost your job or started a new one. Maybe you are grieving the loss of a loved one. And maybe you're graduating from high school. And maybe, just maybe, you finished your degree. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you kind of had, have had some endings, I don't know, from a global pandemic or something. And maybe we are starting to see this pattern in our lives, in our experience, that life is marked by endings and beginnings. And where we want to turn now is heading into scripture uh, to build a little bit of context of those endings and beginnings and then find an encouraging word for us today about the endings and about the beginnings in life and how to transition them well. And uh, I hope that this word encourages us and inspires us to grow our faith with Jesus Christ. So let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, come before you, uh, study your word together, and really, Lord, we're looking forward to knowing you better after today and also becoming more like you. And in the end, Lord, we hope to be uh, people that bring light into this world. And I pray that through this message today, that would happen. Amen. Amen. Well, so Genesis uh, 8.22, this is, takes place after Noah has uh, given, given a sacrifice after the flood, and the Lord responds to Noah after this, saying, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And we are given a reminder of this continual um, rotation of endings and beginnings. And we know as well that part of the created order in God's uh, initial, be even pre-sin uh, world, that there was always this cycle of endings and beginning, day and night. And so it's, it's part of the fabric of what kind of makes the world the world. And Ecclesiastes 3, 122, you hear this all the time uh, at, at uh, seasons where endings are happening, a lot of the time when we're grieving. I'll read this to you. For every, everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, time to kill and a time to heal, time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to infra- uh, uh, refrain from embracing, a time to seek, a time to lose, time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to ta- a tear, a time to sow, time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love, time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And finally, in Daniel 2.21 here, uh, Daniel is rejoicing in a song saying this. He changes times and season. He removes kings and sets up kings. 
He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And so we're given this picture in scripture that, that God is sovereignly in control and working things about to have change endings and beginnings taking place in the life uh, of this world in a general way and in the specific way of each of us as individuals. And so today with that in mind, let's head into an interesting passage of scripture with, uh, it's, it's one of the big endings in Israel's leadership history. And so we're going to head to Deuteronomy 34, and we're going to read about here the passing of Moses and kind of the story that unfolds in light of that. So Moses was promised that he would be the leader that would bring in the Israelites from a captivity, slavery in Egypt into the promised land, a place of provision, a place of uh, great joy in the life of, a, of the Israelites. But because of disobedience, both uh, Moses and Israel as a nation had parts to play in this. Uh, they were not allowed to make it into the promised land during Moses's leadership. And I can only imagine they have trusted in Moses for a long time. They would have relationship with this guy. And in all of that, he passes away and a promise was still remained um, uncompleted. And so here we see that I, I, I can't help but relate just a wee bit to the weight. Maybe, and maybe you today can relate to the weight that uh, Israel was feeling as Moses's chapter as a leader came to an end. And today, especially last night, this weekend, I've been feeling a weight kind of similar to this. My, my role as pastor here is, is ending. My season of living in this city of bridges is ending. Um, the deep uh, friendships that have grown here uh, are changing. We're moving away. And maybe today you find yourself sitting here feeling the weight of an ending. But there's hope here. Joshua 1 and the surrounding text gives us a great message of encouragement to move through these endings and beginnings. So in the face of Moses's life ending, God calls Joshua into uh, the position of leading the Israelites. And in addition, through Joshua, the Israelites will be ending their season being in the wilderness and entering into the promised land. And so in, in the face of this great ending, there is a beautiful beginning. And there's this incredible phrase that occurs in this narrative, in this leadership transition, in this season of endings and beginnings that reoccurs over and over, over again in this uh, episode. And a quick tip, if you're reading your Bible and you see a a phrase or even a specific word reoccurring in a certain amount of sentences or verses, a lot of the time that's a little uh, a moment that we ought to say, okay, this is intentional by the author, inspired through the Holy Spirit. So what, what truth is God trying to convey through this uh, repetition, through this word, through this phrase? And we're going to go into a bunch of scriptures here and we're, let's look for a reoccurring phrase. 
In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Moses spoke to Israel, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord, your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Similarly, Deuteronomy 31.7, then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them and you shall be put in possession of it. Again, 31.23, and the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, be strong and courageous for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swear to give to them. I will be with you. Seeing a pattern, Joshua 1.6, moving on, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to them, or to their fathers to give to them. Joshua 1.7, a verse later, only be strong and courageous, being careful to do all according to the law. Joshua 1.9, a little bit of a rhetorical question. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God will go wherever you go. And Joshua 1 18, whoever rebels against your commandments and disobeys your words, whatever you command them shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. And finally, we have this last uh, one that we have a couple of chapters later in 1025. And Joshua said to them, do not be afraid or dis. I believe that if you are desiring Jesus, desiring to follow Jesus in your life today, that this is a message to us um, that the Holy Spirit wants to communicate to me as an individual going through the endings and beginnings of this season and to you and to us as a church that we ought to be. His encouragement to us is be strong and courageous. And uh, when we look at words spoken in the Old Testament, that first portion of the Bible, pre-Jesus stuff, we ought to always go to the New Testament and understand the Old Testament text and phrases and promises through a a new covenant, meaning post-Jesus Christian life, and understand them through that lens. Uh, And we see this truth confirmed in the New Testament for those who are living a life after Jesus. In uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power uh, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, it says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. And so we see this Old Testament promise uh, fulfilled with some different languages for sure, but this idea of being strong and courageous in the Lord is a continual pattern throughout scripture. And it is an exciting passion of mine to look at the uh, continuation of God's word and the, the, the reality that the scripture is one continuous story. And that's something I'm always fascinated by. But I don't want to leave us here today. I, and this, this isn't really helpful if I continue for the next minute or two or 20 minutes or two uh, to say, be strong and courageous and hit that over and over again. And I believe that in the repetition of these verses that we've uh, studied just now, that there is Uh, the how-to and the why attached to what being strong and courageous looks like, how we can have it come to pass in our lives. So let's head into there. There are some truths that I want to study with you. So we become strong and courageous when we walk through fear for God is with us. Deuteronomy uh, 31.6 tells us not to fear, but tells us not to fear. But 
It is important to recognize how we live in this not fearing lifestyle. And we cannot become fearless uh, by ignoring our circumstance, by ignoring fear. We cannot become fearless by becoming more skilled or powerful personally. But we can walk through fear by believing that God goes with us. That's the strategy to implement in our lives uh, is that God goes with us. So in 31 six, I'll read it again. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear, do not fear or be in dread. Okay. That's, that's the imperative, but then we get a conjunction for, I'll, I'll read that again. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them for, because look here, this second part is really critical. <laughs> For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And in this narrative, in 31 uh, 6 and 31 8 and 31 23 and Joshua 1 9, this same concept is paired with being strong and courageous. How? Why? Is this possible? Yes, because the Lord your God is with you. And we, we, um, ought to, again, go to the New Testament and see, well, is this a, is this a similar uh, phrase we see in the New Testament? Is this something that's true today? Is this something true in light of the light uh, and the message of Jesus? And what we recognize is that Jesus left as fully God and fully human, God incarnate to the earth to be what? Emmanuel, God with us. So now even in a stronger way, we know that as we move through life, that God is with us in every circumstance, in every ending, in every job loss, in every grieving, we can trust that God is with us. And that is the message that we uh, can embrace in this season. And uh, so I want to give us a reminder here that, that I'm, I'm saying lots in this season myself, and I encourage you to say, as you go through life, remind yourself, when, when you feel that, that fear of, of uh, endings or beginning, when you feel that bubble up, remind yourself that God goes with you, that you're not alone, that you're not alone. Two. We become strong and courageous by believing in God's promises. So again, let's look to the repetition of be strong and courageous and see what kind of language is used uh, as supportive text for this promise, for this imperative statement. Uh, let's go in here. Deuteronomy 31.7, 31.23, and Joshua 1.6 all have this encouragement to be strong and courageous, followed by a reminder of future provision or promised provision. Let's go to 31.23. Uh, and the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, be strong and courageous for, again, conjunction for, because uh, you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to them. I will be with you. Joshua 1, 6, uh, be strong and courageous for, because you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. And so we, we start to see this emerge as a reoccurring pattern attached to be strong and courageous that how do we do this? Why do we do this? Because uh, and through putting our faith in what the Lord has said to us in the past, and we get an awesome opportunity to have uh, God's word as a massive document of God's promises to us. And so 
maybe you're wondering today, what are some of those prophes- uh, promises? I just want to read a couple to you. And again, there are themes of this promise uh, stretched right through scripture. In Isaiah 40, 29, it says that he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And again, looking through the New Testament lens at that scripture, uh, wow, it is so made true in Jesus's life where his burden is a light burden. And so that is, is confirmed and in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, which is wisdom literature. So we look at it a little bit differently, but it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. In Philippians 4, 6 to 7, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the promise and the peace of God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In John 10, 10, Jesus says this to us, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life and have it to the full. Believe that today. God's promise to you today is that he's got a life for you that is much greater than the circumstance you're in. God has provision for you. God has healing for you. That is the promise that we can stake our lives in knowing that Jesus has a life, a life abundant for us. And we continue to operate in strength and courage as we imply and as we employ this promise that, yes, I believe when I don't see it, when I don't feel it, that God has a life for me that is full of of joy, a life full of purpose. And that is God's word uh, to us that we can stake our lives in the promise that Jesus has for us. So when we aren't feeling that strength, when we aren't feeling that courage, ensure to have this narrative uh, to, to remind yourself that God, uh, of God's promises to you. And there are all kinds of great resources uh, online and in print to have a, have a book of promises that God has made or a book of promises that Jesus uh, has made through his lifetime. And it is, it is uh, one of the great ways that we can encourage and strengthen our faith. So where have we been? Well, we, we recognize that being strong and courageous, we, we can do that by recognizing that God goes with us. We can do that by believing in God's promises. And finally here, we can become strong and courageous by following the ways of God. Joshua 1.7 says, only be strong and courageous, being careful to do all that the law Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. So when this passage talks about uh, the law of Moses, that's maybe something we don't hear too often. Um, But this is referring to much of the instruction that Moses received uh, during his leadership. And uh, again, there's heritage in this promise. This is occurring in Joshua, Moses' past, but we're looking back to the law of Moses. And uh, we can read about this, this law of Moses in Exodus and Leviticus and in Deuteronomy. And uh, today we believe that God's word is our law and our instructions to follow our book of promises, our book of life, uh, God's word to us today, uh, relevant and true uh, for all all operations of a Christian life. But I recognize um, that perhaps 
Uh, you may not feel like you have the law of Moses memorized and that's okay to begin with and B, uh, I don't either. So I don't know if that's a reflection of something, but it's the law of Moses is quite expansive and it's really um, kind of a, a heavy burden to try to operate our live life in something like that. And in light of Jesus, we ought to uh, reinterpret, re-understand what the law of Moses is to us today. So again, reading the Old Testament promise, the Old Testament word through our uh, new life in Jesus Christ. So you don't have to have the entire Bible to start following Jesus, or the entire Bible memorized uh, to start following Jesus. That's something beautiful about this. And And Jesus recognized in his ministry that people needed tools to be able to have a life of godliness, but not uh, encounter the the extreme complexities of uh, the law of Moses. And so people that were following the law of Moses, their generations for generations, the Israelites, find themselves now uh, asking Jesus, a great prophet and teacher that walks onto the scenes uh, as a, a religious scholar, as a fully God and fully man, and the Pharisees come to him and they ask him, okay, 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 so what of the various Old Testament laws are most critical, are, are, uh, the, or what is the greatest commandment, it says in Matthew. And in Matthew twenty two thirty seven to 40, this is how Jesus responds to that. Love your, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Whoa. Okay. So we, we, we are given a commandment that to be strong and courageous, we ought to obey the law of Moses And here Jesus gives us a really new way of being able to understand what is the foundation for all of this stuff and and what does following Jesus change about how we operate in the law of Moses. And what I want to encourage you today, um, living your life, trying to follow God uh, earnestly, to, to take a deep breath and recognize that the foundation of what we, what we try to do in our life is simply love God and love people. That's, 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 our, that's our foundation today. Love God and love people. And on all this, Jesus says, hang all the other uh, law. And so that is great news for us in being strong and courageous for we know that we can be courageous by loving God and loving others. So remind yourself when fear, when a lack of strength, when the lack of courage bubbles up to obey his commands, to love God and to love others. So where have we been? Well, we become strong and courageous by, uh, or when we walk through fear for God is with us, we become strong and courageous by believing in God's promises and we walk or we become strong and courageous by following the ways of God. So three reminders that we can employ in endings and beginnings is uh, remind yourself God is with you. Remind yourself of God's promises to you and remind yourself to love God and love others. Now I want to take just a minute to a step aside, uh, just a little bit outside of things, but this is a, a couple of points to 
really massage uh, what these truths are in light of kind of the Christian life. And I just want to take a minute. We know that evil, what is wrong, uh, that uh, the devil or Satan uh, attacks us with lies like he did many years ago to Eve in the Garden of Eden. And I'm, I'm reading a resource right now by a couple of theologians and uh, pastoral practitioners that uh, are writing about spiritual warfare. And I have, I've done minimal studying on this, but uh, through part of the uh, uh, season of looking forward, I certainly want to recognize uh, where, uh, where I am lacking in, in skills and understanding and try to, <laughs> as best as I can, build some of those uh, for uh, future ministry. And Reading on spiritual warfare, these authors suggest that the primary battleground for spiritual warfare is the mind. And so it's not unintentional that um, in the application of what being strong and courageous in our life is like, that we're doing reminders, remind, working with our mind, telling our mind a certain things to counteract, to be a stronghold, a wall, a shelter from the attacks of the enemy. And so spiritual warfare, we ought to, to know that so much of it is a, is a battle between your ears. <laughs> so, so it is a, uh, something that's taking place a lot, a lot of the time uh, with no physical manifestation, really. And so, so we, we ought to think uh, critically on the, that. So just as an aside here, I want to make it very, 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 very clear that this is not a effort of believing better. So if what you're hearing so far is as a preacher telling, hey, be strong, courageous, do these things. It'll be three quick hacks to fix your life. And if that doesn't happen, then yeah, you're not being a good enough Christian. You're not trying hard enough. Please, oh, please, oh, please don't think that today. That is not what this is. These are God, uh, biblical principles that yes, we'll use, but truly this is a work of the Holy Spirit in our minds. And so we, this isn't something that I can do so well. This isn't just mindfulness. This isn't just a, a act of, of, of journaling them every morning. All those things I'd encourage you to do, but this is an act of the Holy Spirit when we encounter strength and courage. So I encourage you, do not leave today with a list of Christian to-dos void of the, A, the grace of God, and B, that this is a work of God. And so we will try our best for sure. We'll fail and we will recognize the grace of God that we have another chance to try again and that God is part of the process. So yeah, I just, uh, when, we, when, and, uh, when we preach kind of application oriented uh, sermons, I just want to ensure that we as Christians don't leave uh, podcasts, don't leave messages, uh, don't leave even conversations saying, Woof, I haven't been doing my best. Um, I need to do better, and that will be what fixes this thing. We need to rely on God to do a good work. And we'll partner in that, that renewal of our minds, as it says in Romans. So it's a work of the Holy Spirit. So finally here, uh, we are in a series, the beginning of a series, like Pastor John mentioned last night. I think it was part four that we went in, a really good message there. And and uh, it's called Unfinished, and it's a journey uh, through the book of Acts. And in Acts, uh, we, we observe what the first church 
and what the first Christians looked like. And something we have already seen and will continue to see as a consistent narrative through the book of Acts is that new believers were constantly stepping out into a new beginning of Christian community, of witnessing, of generosity, and Pastor Jordan added authenticity last night. And so here's, here's an invitation to you this morning and an invitation that, that myself, that my wife, uh, we, we're really trying to accept and, and act in obedience and, and recognize, uh, of course, that this is a continual process. But my inv- invitation to you is be strong and courageous in what God is telling you to end and what he is leading you to begin it has been challenging, don't get me wrong, but I believe that leaving this good church is an act of obedience to the revealed will of God that we've discerned as a couple, discerned with leaders, discerned with mentors, and we, we see this as his will for us, and it is really, really, really challenging to recognize that this forces us into an ending that is uncomfortable and challenging, but it offers us a beginning in a new place that I'm believing God has great plans for, that I'm believing the broken will be healed, that I'm believing that God has people to set free in Shoal Lake, Manitoba and the area. And so I believe that this is the reality of, of a Christian life sometimes. He is calling us into endings and into beginnings uh, throughout our lives. Uh, Jesus' call, if you watch how the disciples begin to model the life of Jesus, be followers of Jesus, a lot of the time it is to leave something. And a lot of the time it's some pretty big asks. And so we're trying to do our best in obedience that way. And, and I'd encourage you that maybe today he has been speaking to you. Maybe tonight or to this morning as we worship, God is going to communicate something to you about ending, something to you about beginning. And I encourage you as we go through the book of Acts, it is filled with these opportunities to um, move into witnessing, to move into deeper Christian community, to move into uh, authenticity and generosity. The Holy Spirit is constantly and consistently, if, if you don't feel on a specific thing God is calling you to, I encourage you today that the Holy Spirit is consistently and constantly calling us into deeper intimacy with Jesus. He's constantly calling us closer. And it's been my prayer and will be my prayer that the neighborhood church, that Shoal Lake Church, would walk in strength and encourage for the sake of the gospel. Imagine what this church, what that church, what Saskatoon and Martinsville and the area, what would this province look like if we all took a big step of courage into the beautiful unknown by walking by faith and not by sight. I want to encourage you today that God has a next for you. This is something Pastor Yasmin spoke on a while ago, that there is always a next. There is always a step forward that Jesus is inviting you into. And I encourage you as we continue to worship, I'll ask the worship team to come and continue to lead us. But as we look into that, as, as we wait on the spirit of God, I encourage you to ask him, what are you calling me into today? 
What are you calling me into today? Let me pray with you this morning. Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we are so thankful for your communion with us this morning. We thank you, Lord, for those watching online that you have uh, been as present with them that you are present with us. Lord, we recognize that your word gives us opportunity to step into uh, endings and beginnings in strength and encouraging God. I've had so many moments where I don't feel that when that's not what I'm encountering in my journey and I'm wondering, oh God, I need some of that. I need strength. I need courage to press on one more day. I need strength. I need courage to to be um, the kind of husband you want me to be. I need strength and I need courage to step out in faith and follow what you have for us. I need strength and courage to just get up and get out of bed sometimes. I need strength and courage to be all that you've called me to be. And Lord, I thank you that you meet us in that need, that you're not waiting for us to get, conjure this strength and courage up and then accept us. I pray, oh God, for anyone that feels far from you, for anyone this morning uh, as we watch online, that are having trouble seeing you. That strength and courage is something they have never encountered. I pray, oh God, that you would confirm the work that you said in your word, that you are the shepherd, leaving the 99 to seek out the one. So we lean into you, Lord. We place our feet in the solid ground of your word and in your care and your love for us this morning. Holy Spirit, lastly, I ask that as we continue to worship, as we continue to live life and really try our best, have bad days, have good days, oh God, that we would recognize and and feel you close in it all. That we would feel you speaking and you calling and you inspiring courage in you as we remind ourselves that you're with us, as we remind ourselves that you've made promises to us, that we remind ourselves to, to love you and to love others, that you would inspire courage in us, that you would inspire strength in us to be all that you have called us to be and to live a life and a life abundantly. In Jesus' name. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. 
Thank you again for listening. God bless you.